discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be alive to see this day. We are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that your word takes absolute control over our hearts. Great seeds are sown in our hearts today. Seeds that grow and bear great fruits to your glory and to your praise. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm starting a new series on... Uh, yes starting a new series remember i was on a series with you concerning working for the lord through fasting and prayers isn't it learning not to fast and pray just for yourself but learning to fast and pray because of the work of the lord because of working for the lord the bible says that anna served god with fastings and with prayers hallelujah it's the smartest way to go this is a year of working for the lord in micah chapter 4 verse 1 let's look at micah chapter 4 verse 1 but in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and all people and people shall flow unto it. Next verse. And many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and will walk in his paths, for the Lord shall go forth of Zion. The word of God shall go forth out of Zion. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house, the church of God will become the most important thing that you will ever think about. It will be the most important thing in life. And it's happening in our day already. The church is very important. The word of God is very important. So, Doing things and living your life based on the, on, the, on, the, on the house of God, based on the building of the house of God. It's very important. It's very, very important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God builds us through his word. Without God's word, we cannot be built up. In the Bible, wood represents flesh. Or flesh is used to, uh, wood is used to represent flesh in that sense. Wood, say wood. If you read in the Old Testament, you see how that the Ark of Covenant was made of wood, but overlaid with gold. Wood represents flesh, but overlaid with gold represents divine, the divine nature or divinity. So humanity wrapped up in divinity. Do you see? All the, things, all the things in the temple, most of them were made like that, with wood as a core, but then with gold as a wrapping. When wood is put in water, for a long time. Wood changes to become stone. How many of you know that? When you keep wood in water for a long time, for a very long time, can go for years, after some time, you realize that it has become like a stone. 
Yeah. So hard, just like a stone. Just like a stone. What happens is that the incoming of the water takes out the, what makes the wood wood and exchanges it with it becoming a stone. That's how the word of God is. You see, it, when, when you become born again, you, you are fresh, you are new. You have to be trained, you have to be raised. You have to be trained. The born again experience is not enough. It's just the beginning of a very long journey that God would want you to go through. If you read in First Peter chapter one verse chapter two verse one, go to that place. First Peter two one. Hallelujah. I have so many things to share with you. So I'm preaching concerning working for the Lord through soul winning. Okay? Working for the Lord through soul winning. So we just finished working for the Lord through fastings and prayers. Now we are dealing with working for the Lord through what? Soul winning. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So, as a, when you become born again, you're a newborn baby in the, in the kingdom of God, and you must take in the milk of God's word in order to be able to grow. Without the milk of God's word, you cannot grow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you come in fresh. The word of God is what is used to train you. You are raised with God's word. I was not like this when I became born again. I was not a preacher when I became born again. I didn't know anything in the scriptures. But with time, as I heard the word of God, I was raised. I put away childish things and became a matured man. I'm still growing. Same with you. You must, you must grow. You must develop. You must become who God wants you to become. God didn't just give birth to you or get you born again for nothing. He got you born again for a reason. He got you born again so that you join him in doing what he wants done. That's the reason why we are born again. We are not born again for money, because of money, because of houses or cars, or because of uh, marriage or children or any of those things. We are born again because of God's purposes. And you must learn that. You must come to that point where you know that you are existing for the purposes of God, not just for yourself. The moment or the day you start living for God, your life has really begun. Until you stop living for yourself, you don't know how good the Lord is. You wouldn't know. When you start living for the Lord and start living for the original purpose or the original reason for your existence, you start living well. You see, if this microphone, this microphone looks like a spoon or a ladle, it has a, it has a shape of a ladle, isn't it? It can be used to pick food from the bowl, isn't it? You take some time, but it can be used. You just dip it in like that, and it can, it can take some watching for you. Is it true? But is that what it was made for? So even though it can be used to pick food or stir cocoa, you can go and see the cocoa seller using microphone. To, uh, that would be a very wonderful cocoa to buy, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, that would be a very, very, it would be very, uh, yeah, very, very inviting, highly inviting. You can use the microphone to stir the cocoa, but that is not what it was made for. Some of us are, used, are using ourselves for things that we were not actually made for. You are like the microphone. You are supposed to be giving voice to God for people to hear. But then you are being used to stay cocoa somewhere. Yeah. Hallelujah. You must develop to the point where you know God's word for yourself. Okay? Where you know what you have been, you have been, you have been born for. And that's what I, I want to share with you some of the reasons why you have been created. So that when this life ends, you will not, you will not be at a loss. And not know what you came to do. If we are here just because of uh, school, marriage, giving birth, and all that, you realize it's not satisfying. It's not satisfying. It's not enough. 
It's not enough. Sometimes, you see, you, you want to have something so badly. You want to have a phone, an iPhone, iPhone X, so badly. If only I could get, you know, initially it was iPhone 5, right? Which one came first? Is it four or five? Four. iPhone 4. It was everybody. Three. That was iPhone 3G. Wow. Everybody wanted it. Right now, if they say they are dashing your iPhone 3G, you will not be happy. Isn't it? They've even stopped manufacturing. You will not, you will not be happy with it. You want an iPhone X. Oh, you must go. Tell everybody you must go. You have to. It's very important. It's very, very important. It's very, very important. There's a reason for your existence. Okay? There is. Tell anybody there's a reason for your existence. Yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason. When, that is, when you find it and you start doing it, you started life. You started living. You really started living. Hallelujah. If you read in Ephesians chapter 2, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read from verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Verse 20. It says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You see it? That's it. Go to the next verse. 21. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto the holy temple in the Lord. And holy temple in the Lord. In whom ye also are builded together. It says, you are also builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. We, we are to be the temple of God. Together, collectively, as a house of God. As, as children of God. Everybody, collectively, together, built. Do you see? If you read in First Peter 2, verse 5. This is what I want you to see. Okay. We can read from verse 4 into verse 5 so that it makes more sense. It says, to whom coming as unto a living stone. You remember we read in the other place that Jesus is a chief cornerstone of the building of God. Then it says, you are also builded together for an holy habitation through the Spirit. Isn't it? In this place, it says, to whom coming as unto a living stone. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Jesus was refused and rejected by men, but he was received by God. The Bible says, as many as received him to them, he gave the right, the power to become the sons of God. Next verse. Then it says, ye also, say ye also. Tell me about ye also. Ye also as living or lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Ye also as living stones. So we are living stones. But we don't come into the kingdom as living stones. We come into the kingdom as flesh, as wood. The means of changing us from wood to become a stone is through the water, which is the word of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, it says that he's, he's, he's gotten his, his, his bride. Okay? Husbands, love your... If you read from verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So as the word of God comes into you, as you receive the engrafted word of God, there's a divine exchange that goes on, that turns you more into the stone that God wants to be. So the word of God is too important. You need to, you need the word. You need the word. Tell everybody, you need the word. That is the most important thing. You see, when you come to church, how many hours do we dance? How many hours do you see them dancing? Just a few minutes, isn't it? How many hours do you see us singing? Just a few minutes. How many hours do you see us, uh, what else? What else? We pray. We pray for some time. But you realize that a lot of time is committed to the word of God. Have you realized? I'm going to be preaching for the next one, and, one hour, 15 minutes. That's a lot of time, isn't it? 
a lot of time committed to, it shows you how important that is because that is what that is the means by which you are raised that is the means by which you are trained so this is a training session we are training you to know what god wants so that you do what god wants and know what you have been made for so as the word of god comes to you like that there's an exchange there's a divine exchange of humanity for divinity the word of god takes away all the things that are not of god and replaces them with his divine power causing you to become the stone that he wants you to be for his building for his building there's a building he's involved in it's a building he's involved in hallelujah see i'll be built up say it again now let me go to isaiah chapter 55 let me show you some more from verse one let me show it to you some more okay I want to help you. I want us to journey through the word of God. Journey through the scriptures. Ho, everyone that tested, come. Come ye to the waters. And he that has no money. Remember, I just showed you about the waters. The water is the word of God, isn't it? It says anyone who is thirsty in this world. People are not satisfied. (laughs) Money doesn't satisfy. I am telling you. You may not know. You will get the money. You will ask for money a comes of time. It's like that. It's time. You are young, so you may not have $100,000 sitting in your account. But with hard work, you can have a million dollars sitting in your account. As time goes on. You, it, it's a natural thing. Okay? You will get the money. But you realize that money does not satisfy. Just like the way the phone... You see, it is to teach you that they don't satisfy. They don't satisfy. It's a wild goose chase. It doesn't satisfy. You want to travel. Some of us want to, you want to, I want to travel. I want to be abroad. I want to be, you, you see, you sit in plane, you'll be tired. You'll be shocked that you'll be in a plane, you'll be going up and down, and you'll be, you'll be tired. One of my aunties was traveling to China. In the middle of the way, she said she won't go again. Because it was so far. She had, to, she had to sit in three different planes. She was tired. It was her first time. And she sat in so many planes. It took hours to get there. She was tired. What is all this? Is this what you people... And you see, when you're flying, there's something called jet lag. When you get there, you have to... You have to... You see, you, our time is different from their time. So it's like you're flying... When you're flying from Ghana, it was 5 p.m. And you get to China, same day, 5 p.m. Ah, you left... It was 5 p.m. at where you were coming from. You go to the... It's still 5 p.m. there. So... Yeah, there are times you're supposed to be sleeping and you have to try and now accustom your, your sleep pattern and all that. Is it true? You have to adjust. You need some time to adjust before you become fine. Some people come from America in the, during the day, as they're walking by, they'll just be sleeping like that. Yeah, because they, are, they have to adjust. Apart from that, when the plane flies beyond a certain level, your ears, your ears, your, your ears start spinning you. You need to get some chewing gum and start chewing giddy, 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 in order to become fine. It's not nice, especially when there's thunderstorm. You feel like dying. So, I'm trying to let you know that it's not, it's not what you think. It's until you experience it, you will not know. When you experience it, like, oh, this one is not really anything. Life is bigger than things. Life is bigger than money. It's bigger than cars. It's bigger than houses. You need it, but it's not, that is not the reason why you were made. That is not the main reason why you came. Life is bigger. You have a husband, but you realize that it's not really anything like that. Husband is powerful, but uh, you can exist without him. I know some women who are waiting for their husbands to die. Yeah, because they are tired of sex. The women are tired of the sex. They are tired. Like they've been, they've been, they've had sex, and they are tired. 
Haven't you realized that when women, some women, most women, when their husbands die, they don't remarry? Have you realized? They don't remarry. Very few, about 1% remarry. Because they know the pressure of every night they're coming to call you when you're tired, you don't know what you're going to I mean, they don't want that. Yeah, they, don't, they don't want it anymore. They don't want it anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, everyone that tested, all those who are not satisfied in life. Same thing Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 37. He says, in the last day of the feast, he stood up, the Lord stood up and cried with a loud voice. He says, all you, in the last day of the feast, of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, if any man thirst, if a, is this, this, the, the word thirst represents dissatisfaction in life. Dissatisfied. People are dissatisfied. They don't know what to do with themselves. He's got money, he's building houses, he's doing, but there's no real satisfaction. The real, real satisfaction comes to the word of God. Comes to the spirit of God. Real satisfaction can only come from God. Because God is the one who made us. He knows how, uh, what our makeup is. And he knows what to satisfy. Oh, everyone that tested. Go to that, that place. Come ye to the waters. He says, if you are thirsty, come ye to the waters. What is the water? The word of God. In John chapter 15, verse 3, Jesus said that you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word of God is the water that makes you clean. That satisfies. You see. Come ye to the waters. Go back to that place. Isaiah chapter 55. And he that has no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine. Wine represents the word of God. Buy wine and milk. I just quoted a scripture to you that says milk. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may go thereby. So the word of God is milk. The word of God is wine. The word of God is water. He says come buy wine and milk without money and without price. There's no, it's not, who is charging you here? Nobody's charging you. Because it comes free, people don't, people don't acknowledge it. It's like it's not powerful enough. But that is what you need. That is what you require. To satisfy yourself and to fulfill God's purpose concerning your life. Without the word of God, you don't know what God has called you for. You will not know. You will not know what you represent. What you are. Next verse. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? Why are you spending for that which is not bread? Why are you spending, he says, and you labor for that which satisfied not? Labor for that which satisfied not. Hearken diligent unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Eat ye that which is good. What is he talking? Go to, go to John chapter 6, verse 48. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Go there. John chapter 6, verse 48. I am that bread of life. You know Jesus is the word of God, right? In the beginning was the word. The word, the word was of God and the word was God. He's the, he's the word of God. He says, I am bread. I'm the bread of life. Why are you buying bread that satisfies not? John chapter 6, verse 48. I am that bread of life. Next verse, verse 49. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Verse 50. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. If you eat this bread, you will not die. What you, he's talking about the word. He's talking about his flesh. His word. His word. His word. Next verse. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. 
He says, why are you, why are you buying bread that does not satisfy? Why? Say the word is powerful. The word is what I need. Go to the next verse. Verse 3. So nice. I want to read everything to you. Okay? Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. Hear and your soul. This is what activates your soul. This is what makes your soul live. Your body will die, but your soul will live forever. How is your soul going to live? Through his word. And I'll make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure measures of David. Verse 4. Behold, I've given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation, and that, that thou knowest not. And nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God. He says, if you keep to my word, I'll make nations respond to you. And for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified thee. The glorification of your life is in the word of God. We are with unveiled face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed through to the same image, through the word of God. Hallelujah. Go back to Isaiah chapter 55. I've not started, you see, I'm talking about soul winning, but I've not started talking about soul winning. I just, I just want to help you know how powerful, the, know what happens to you as you hear the word of God. And as you read, read your Bible. Okay? Real satisfaction is found in God's word. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Next verse. For my thoughts. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Say the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As you hear the word of God, you are exchanging your thoughts for the thoughts of God. You are exchanging your thoughts for the higher thoughts of God. You change. You change thoughts. You start thinking higher thoughts. Proper thoughts. Thoughts that are from God. Your ways start changing. Your ways become the ways of the higher, the higher one. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the earth. The word of God is what gives you seed and gives you bread. Hmm. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I called, I sent it. Hallelujah. Say the word. It's my satisfaction. I'm exchanging, I'm exchanging thoughts with God. With God. Hallelujah. That's what is happening now. Your thoughts are changing. God starts let you thinking, lets you think on a different plane, on a different platform. That's what happens to you. Your thoughts start changing. <laughs> your desires start changing. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be introducing higher thoughts to you. Higher thoughts. Higher ways. Ways that are not common. They are not common. They are not natural. They are not normal. They are different. They are different. They are different. That will bring you into real purpose. Let you know why you are existing. I've lived my life for this for a long time. And I've not regretted it. And there are many who have gone ahead of me. who have. I saw them live. That is why I started living the same way. No, it is wisdom. The Bible says, a prudent man looketh. To see the evil that is coming and hide himself. I've seen men go ahead of me. Who have used God's word and have prospered. Have increased. Not only in this earth, but in the world that is to come. 
Can you imagine people are dying and they are not worried? When Billy Graham was dying, he was not worried. Billy Graham died just this week. He was, he was not worried. He was not worried because his thoughts were higher. They are higher thoughts. That makes death nothing. Hallelujah. It makes death nothing. It makes death a transition. Just something for the next level. What I'm going to share with you are things I've been sharing for a long time. You know, one of our brothers passed on during the week. Last week, actually. Last week, Thursday. He just died, just like that. He was an elder in church. Very prominent guy. A giver. One of my sons of consolation. That was the day we checked the highest givers in church, and he was the fourth. Was it third or fourth? Fourth, I think. Some time ago, he was even number one. He was in Accra, in Accra. Yeah. Very wild guy. But he's personal. At 26. But I'm not worried. I'm not Because whilst he was alive, I'm glad I met him early. Yeah. He sat under my ministry for more than four years. I'm glad I met him early. I'm glad I introduced him to these thoughts. And I'm glad he used those thoughts to do what God wanted him to do. So he lived. He lived well. He lived well. He was a soul winner. He was a giver. He was someone who was into the work of the Lord. Every week I hear from him. Every week he talks to me. Every week. I can show you our last conversation. Every week he talks to me. I'm not worried. Why? Because he did what he was supposed to do on earth. And he has checked. He has passed on. He can give a good account of himself. They, I'm glad. I'm not, I'm not sad that he's this pastor. I'm glad that he has gone to be with the Lord. He has met the Lord before me. That's the only painful part. But it's not, it's, not, it's not a worry, it's not a bother, it's not a fear, it's not fear, like, he, does it mean that we can die? You don't know when God will call you. Just learn what God has called you for, start doing it, so that when he calls you, it will not be a problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or you don't understand my message? Don't just live anyhow. Don't just live anyhow. Live according to God's word. Live according to what God has called you to live. You see, there's a day coming when all of us will stand before the judgment seat of God. In, go to Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Let me show it to you. These are very, very important things. I said they are not lower thoughts. They are not thoughts. Because the, the world will not have you think like this. The world will have you think as though everything is fine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Let us eat, drink, have sex, do whatever we want to do. There's nothing. That after, the, after the end of your life, you go into oblivion. The theory of annihilation. When you die, you become air. And your parents will breathe you, or your siblings will breathe you, or your, your children. But people have different wild definitions of whatever. As though nothing is happening. But there are wild things happening. Higher thoughts from God. Yeah. God is giving you access to higher thoughts. Okay? Say higher thoughts. thoughts. Say it again. Higher thoughts. So that you live your life well. When you go under a tree, you see brown leaves and green leaves falling at the same time. But why does thou judge thy brother? Or why does thou set at not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody will stand. Now, he's not talking about just anybody. He's talking about children of God. There are three kinds of judgments. Okay? The first kind is called the judgment of sin. Hallelujah. Why are people going to hell? People are not going to hell because of their drunkenness or their adultery or fornication or 
whatever. People don't go to hell because of the things they do. They go to hell because of the nature. What is in their nature? Their nature of sin. People are going to hell because of one thing, unbelief. Unbelief. So the Holy Spirit has a ministry towards the world. It's called reproving the world of unbelief. Go to John chapter 16, verse 7. From verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. If it is a spirit for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. This is Jesus talking. He says, if I depart, I will send the Holy Spirit unto you. And when he is come, when the Holy Spirit is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Why? Look at the next verse. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of sin because they believe not on me. Did he say of sin because they are fornicating? Of sin because they are telling lies? Of sin because they are not doing what they are supposed to do? Of sin because they don't believe on me? The way, because sin has been judged in Christ. What sin is that? The sin of not believing Christ is what these people to hell. <laughs> Go to John chapter 3. Let's read from verse 16. You never, you never read John. You know John 3.16, right? How many of you know John 3.16? For God so loved the world, that is why he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he is the means of salvation. He is the channel for salvation. He is the way. <laughs> no man can go to the Father except to him. He is the way. He is the door and the way and everything. Next verse. He that believeth on him is not what? He that believeth on him is not condemned. So if you don't believe, you are condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He did not believe. So there's the judgment of sin and it has happened in Christ. Now you must believe that it has happened in Christ. Okay? And receive him as your Lord and Savior. That is the end. You are done. You You have passed on from that judgment. Unto another kind of judgment. So immediately we come born again, you are now set up unto another kind of judgment. The way the world will be judged is not the same way as you'll be judged. All those of you here who are born again, if you're a child of God, if you are born again, if you see Christ as Lord and personal Savior, you will not be judged because of sin, because Christ has taken care of that. Sin was judged on the cross, nailed to the cross. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is something to be excited about. But there's another kind of judgment. There are two more. Let me show you the third one and I'll show you the second one. The third one is found in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Go to Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. It is the judgment of the whole of the universe. The past, the present, and the future. It is, it is the last stand for all of humanity. Both in our, in our, in our kind and in the, in the kind that is not ours. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled fled away and there was found no place for them next verse and i saw the dead see i saw the dead i saw the dead dead small and great stand before god and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works no christian is found here because no christian will be judged according to his works it's called the great it's called the great white throne judgment you remember he says that he was, someone was sitting on a white throne and everything fled away from him, including the heavens and the earth. And books were opened and people were judged. Next verse. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. They are dead in the sea. He's not talking about people who died on the sea when we were, we were traveling. The sea was used. The, the water you see as a sea is the, the judgment of the old world. There was a world before we came. 
There was a world before Adam was born, before Adam was created. It's another world altogether. Where Lucifer was the first, the prime of that world. And that world was destroyed with water. That is why in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, the Bible says that the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the waters. Isn't it? Face of the deep. And then it says, and the spirit of God hovered upon the waters. Where did the water come from? That water is what was separated from the earth. The Bible says that God called the land out and he called it the earth. And the waters he pushed at one side and called it the sea. So the sea you are seeing there is the judgment of the old world. Hallelujah. So the old world was judged with water. The one, that we are, the one that we are in now will be judged with fire. That's in 2 Peter chapter 3. It will be judged with fire. The Bible says that the earth and the heavens that are reserved now are reserved unto fire. It will melt with fervent heat. It's not in the Bible. You can show it to us. 2 Peter chapter 3. Chapter 3 verse 7. Okay, verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto what? Fire. Reserved unto what? Fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Next verse, verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that we all should come to repentance. Next verse, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with what? Fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So this world that we are seeing is reserved unto fire. But the old world was destroyed with water. Now at the, bemus, at the, at the judgment of the white throne, the white throne judgment is going to be a combination of those who were destroyed in the water. The sea is an incarceration point. The sea is like a maximum prison, security prison. It is not yet the real destruction. Have you ever heard of them saying that there are, there's mammy water in the sea? There are things that you think they are lying? You think it's a lie? It's not a lie. Advise yourself. It's there are things inside. <laughs> there are wild things. You've, maybe you have not observed or come into contact with any of them, but they are dead. There are wild things in the sea. Yeah. Strange things in the sea. Have you noticed that the sea is salty? Why is it salty? It's for preservation. Salt is for preservation, isn't it? They are being preserved unto the day of judgment. So, <laughs> oh yes, another one. This is scriptural. It's scriptural. Look at look at this. It doesn't make sense what is written in Revelation chapter twenty verse thirteen. It doesn't make sense unless we explain the way I'm explaining it to you now. It says, "And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them." If someone dies and has not believed in Jesus Christ, where does he end up? Is it not hell? If he died in the sea, wouldn't he end up in hell? So why is he saying that the sea gave up the dead? And death and hell gave up their dead. What is he talking about? Death is those who just died before the judgment. So they are in death being carried to hell. So death will also give them up. And hell will give up all the people that are in there. But the sea will also give up the dead. Why? Why is the sea giving up? Because there are some people in the, in the sea as well. And the sea also give up. And the sea, the sea is, was there, was brought. <laughs> the sea is there preserving them for the day of judgment. So they were to give an answer to why, how they lived. Hallelujah. No Christian is found at this judgment. No Christian is found at this judgment. But men will come with challenge. They will be challenging God that they lived right. They did right things. We gave philanthropy. 
we did this, we did that, we did that, we did that, we did that. So books are open because all that they did are recorded. Their books are open and their, their works are checked and marked against Jesus' works. And none of their works will, mark, will match up to Jesus' works. So all of them will end up. Okay, so, and the secret of the dead, which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Next verse. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Have you seen it? Even hell was cast into something called the lake of fire. And death was cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire, you see, is a lake of fire. A lake that is of fire. Because it is a judgment of the two worlds, or the two whatever. The old world was destroyed by water, isn't it? The judgment was by water. The new world was destroyed by fire. So the two are put together. It is the final judgment. So it's a lake that is made of fire. So hell itself is cast in there. Death is also cast in there. And then he says, this is the second death. Next verse. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. If you are found in the book of life, you will not be cast into the lake of fire. What maintains your name in the book of life? It's your born again experience. So no Christian is here. Don't worry yourself about this judgment. Christians are not worried themselves about this judgment. This judgment is not for you. There's another judgment for you. It's called the judgment seat of Christ or the beamer of Christ. Okay? That is where you stand before Christ and he'll be asking you questions concerning what you did with your life whilst you're here on earth. Were you just chilling, fooling around, doing whatever? You see, what were you doing whilst you were here? That is what is written in Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 10, right? But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set up not thy brother? For we shall all, everyone Christian shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody. So what will you be saying when you get there? You see, this is how God has made a thing. God has given us, we are going to write an exam. God is giving us the, the, the questions. He's giving us all the questions. Seven composite questions. He's giving us all the questions. And has giving us all the solutions to all the questions. Yet some wise man says that, that those questions are not coming. So he doesn't care about the questions. He doesn't, he know, he doesn't care about what's going on. The exams will not even come on. Because he's too wise. So I'm going to show you some of the questions that will be asked and some of the answers that you are to give. That's what I'm going to be showing you. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm not worried about my son who has passed on. I'm not worried because he's going to be presented. He's with the Lord. I'm not, I'm not afraid or I'm not scared. I'm not whatever. He, he knows all the answers. He, has, he did what he was supposed to do. You can ask anybody. Those of you, hey, we know him. We know what he represented. Yeah. So it's not if he was called early or not. That one is in God's hands. The Bible says that the things that are revealed are for us and our children. But the things that are hidden from us, they are for the Lord. That is not the question to ask. Why did he die early? 26, did he marry? 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 There are questions that we cannot answer. But there are things that God, there are revealed things that we can use to explain what God wants us to do. And that's the most important thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes your mother will say, don't touch this thing. You don't know why. And he'll go away. She'll go away. If you touch it, you realize that it will beat you. Are you realizing it? If you don't touch it, you are fine. Later on, you realize that that thing was a machine that could take off your fingers. If you have touched it. So there are things that are not explained. But you don't, don't worry about it. It's in the realm of God. Forget about it. 
we get there, we know. But whilst we are here, these are the confines in which he has given us to explain things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Why does thou judge thy brother? We shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. There's another one there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. So what, what are some of the questions that will be asked? I want to be able to answer the questions. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That you see, it's appeared here again. So that every man, everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. The word judgment, okay, and seat means, the, the Greek word is bima. It means a foot space. This is a place where you will stand before Jesus alone. Your pastor will not be there. Your wife will not be there. Your children will not be there. Your boyfriend will not be there. You'll be there alone, answering. You came into this world alone. You'll go alone. And you stand before him alone, answering questions. What questions? What questions? Can I ask you some? And answer them for you? Are you ready to see, to see them in the Bible? Hmm. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 1. Philippians chapter 4 verse 1. Oh, hallelujah. He says, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for. Then he calls them. You see, he's talking to the church. He says, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for. Then he calls them, my joy. He calls the people, my joy. And crown. So, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. He calls them, my joy and my crown. Why? First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19 I, I like where you are This is the point this is, this is how I wanted you to This is where I wanted you to get to For what is our hope? Or joy Or crown of rejoicing What is he said, You see remember he called them his joy And his crown In this place he's calling them he says, what, what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing Is it not ye Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ At his coming do you understand it? You don't understand. Okay. Let's read lighter versions. BB something. Okay. For what is our hope or happiness or, or our victor's wrath of exultant triumph? Wrath means crown. Okay. What, for what is our hope or happiness or, or our victor's wrath of exultant triumph when we stand in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? He says, when I stand before the Lord. What is going to be my rejoicing in the presence of the Lord and my crown in the presence of the Lord? Is it not to you? So question, you, who are you going to be referring to on that day? Message. Who are you going to be referring to on that day that, Lord, he's my crown. This is my crown. This is my rejoicing. Message, message. You say, who do you think we are going to be proud of when our master Jesus appears? If it is not you. This, it's called the day of presentation. The Bima is the day of presentation. One of the major things that will happen at the Bima seat is that we will be presenting people. Showing the Lord what we did in his body. This is my fruit. And it's not for preachers. It's for everybody. It's not for preachers. It's for everybody. Hey. Are you a child of God? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, are you born again? They'll ask you those questions. Everybody. For what is our joy? Even if you got born again today, they'll ask you. For what is our joy? 
or kind of rejoicing. Is it not you? Is it not even you? At the appearing of our Lord, in the presence of our Lord, at the appearing of our Lord. Hmm. Look at Second Corinthians, chapter eleven. Let's read from verse one and verse two. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. Continue. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. There's a day of, it's called the day of presentation. The day you stand before the Lord is the day you present yourself and others whom you have raised in the Lord. Because God is expecting everyone to raise somebody. Not the pastors. Everybody is called the work of the ministry and everybody is called to do the work of the ministry. Not, for, not only for the preachers. I'm doing my job. This is, what, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to catch revelation and come and tell you. This is what God says you should do. This is what God says you should do. That's, that's what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, they, when they call me on that day to give my presentation, I'll call Pastor Kobe. For When it comes to this church, I'll say, Lord, Pastor Kobe. <laughs> and Pastor Kobe also starts referring to people. Okay, so when Pastor Kobe comes, what is it? Then they'll say, you say, Pastor Roland. <laughs> then they'll go to Pastor Roland's company. You are in Pastor Roland's company. So let's say you, we are coming to give account concerning you. Do you understand? We are all present, so we are coming to present you. Who was the one who raised you? He raised you. Who was the one who raised him? He raised him. Who was the one who raised him? I raised him. Are you getting it? And that's how it goes. So who did you raise? Who are you going to present? Who are you sharing the word of God with? Who are you going to... Listen, it says something... Whether You don't know whether you marry. No, you don't know whether you marry. And you don't know whether you have children when you marry. Who knows? Do you know when you are going to die? You don't know when you are going to die. You don't know. But there are things that are sure, no matter what. This is one of them. It's so sure. So sure. That one day you'll be standing... You are born again. One day you'll be standing before the Lord. If you are not born again, get born again today before you go. You start because if you are not born again, you die. It's finished. It's finished. You can't do it. You'll be, you'll be, you'll not be at this judgment. You'll be at the other one, the fire one, the lake of fire one. Hallelujah. Let me show you more. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 26 to 29. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's, there's more. That's what we preach. That's what we do, what we do. I became a pastor when I was 24. No, 23. I became a pastor when I was 23. Why? Why? Why did I accept to become a pastor at such a young age? Because I knew these things. Charlie, I had to do some presentation on a certain day. I don't want to fail in life. You succeed at everything and fail at the most important thing. You must keep the main thing the main thing. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to saints. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Whom we preach. He says Christ. Whom we preach. Warning every man. We preach him warning every man. Because it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. You, you may end up in the lake of fire. That's when we go out there and we are preaching. We preach with such fire. Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. So that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Because we are going to present. We must present them perfect in Christ. Hallelujah. The question is, who are you presenting on that day? Ask your neighbor, who are you presenting on that day? 
Did you, did your neighbor give you an answer? Who? You see, and that day may not come when you are 80 or 85 or 90. It may not come when you are 80 or 95. It may come when you are 25. I'm not cursing you. I'm just letting you know. We don't know what is in God's hand. We declare that death is ours, life is ours. But the Lord is sovereign. He can just call. Say, so it's time, brother. It's time. Come. Not you. Hallelujah. Somebody else. Just come. Like he has called a brother. Just. But he's not, he, he, he's not afraid. He will not be afraid. I'm not afraid for him. Because he has done what he was supposed to do. He has to go. Yeah, what is there to live for? Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. There's a day of presentation. And that day is called the Bema Seat Judgment. Everybody will stand before him and give account of himself. What he did with his life. What he did with his life. You see, let me show you some more. Now, go to Daniel chapter 12. Let's read from verse 1. So, the major question. Who are you? Who did you raise? Who are you presenting? Who is your crown? Who is your rejoicing? Who? Who is it? Hallelujah. Now, how, how, how are we going to go about it? You see, you must start inviting people to the house of God. You must get people hooked on to God. You must be responsible for some people. You see, you should, you should never come to church alone. You're a church member, you're just coming just like that. With your handbag. No, you must come with somebody. You must be responsible for someone's salvation. And you, salvation is a big word. It includes being born again. There are people who are born again, but they don't know anything. They don't know anything in the scriptures. They don't know anything in the scriptures. The house of God is for that purpose. For them to be taught the word of God. But you must be responsible for bringing someone to the house of God. Making someone... You see, I know when he, when he came into the house of God. I know when he came. I know when she came. I know, I know their state when they came into the church. And I know their state now. Do you understand? Uh-huh. If they ask me questions concerning them, I can answer. It's not a problem. Who, who are you going to be able to answer questions concerning? That's, that's, the, that's the question we are talking about. Like, how was the person raised? What happened to the person? Okay? What happened to the person? You must be responsible. You have to be responsible. For somebody, for some people. Raising them. So that on that day you can present them. Say that, Lord, I did this for this, this person. I raised this person. God is not, is, that is not the place. The Bema's judgment is not the place to judge you concerning your sin. Because sin has already been judged. So do, do not be asking, okay, did you commit adultery? Did you do fornication? Hey, bad boy. <laughs> do not. Jesus will not be doing that on that day. It's, it's a very, very different place. They'll be judging you. Romans what? Romans 8 what? One. The whole thing. You can read it for yourself. It's a serious business. It's not a place to ask about small, small things. Romans 8 1 says that there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Isn't it? Huh. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was, it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Condemned sin in the flesh. So that they... Nano balaba. So that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in those who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. So if you are born again, you have been taken away from the realm of sin. Just don't let you what sin does is to prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. Sin weakens you and prevents you from being confident to do the original thing, which is to raise somebody. If you think you are wrong, will you be concerned about raising somebody? No, you're like oh, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling. I don't know when I'm going to be even fit. Listen, you don't have to be fit, wait to be fit on a certain day. You are fit today. You are fit today to do what God wants you to do. There is no time. 
You will never, you, you will never be ready. You will never feel ready. It is God who qualifies us. And God has qualified us. We engage in the ministry by, ministry by something called mercy. Not by works, but by mercy. Hallelujah. So that place is not a place to ask about sin. What did you do? Stop thinking about those things. That's not what God is going to be asking. God is going to be asking you. Because, like I said, sin prevents you. Sin is to be a weight. To be set to prevent you from doing what God really wants you to do. What does God really want you to do? He wants you to win souls. Raise them. Okay? Soul winning has to do with winning someone to the Lord. Building the person to the point that the person can be doing what you are also doing. Winning people and building them. So we, we win them, we build them, and then we send them. That's, that's the chain of soul winning. Okay? Because there's the salvation of the, what, the spirit, and then there's, there's the salvation of the soul. The salvation of the spirit happens once, when, Christ, when the person receives Christ. But the salvation of the soul is gradual. It's a process. What is happening now is that your soul is being saved. I'm saving you from something that you, you didn't know about. Maybe you didn't even know about what I'm talking about now. You never knew. Now you know your soul is being saved along that line. Now you start activating yourself along that line so that when you check out, you get something to say. God will not ask you about your houses. How many houses did you, did you do? Did you build? Lord, I built 75 houses. <laughs> Michael, what's Papa no? <laughs> God will not say that. God will not say, Michael, have you heard, did you hear what the man said? 75 houses. Did you build some, Michael? Did you build some when you were in You didn't even have one. Give him awards. Nothing like that. They'll ask about the buildings that God will be asking about are buildings of people. Human beings. Says they are his building. They are his building. They are his stones for his building. Building his spiritual house. So which one did you raise? Which one did you use the word of God to change? Yes. Every Christian. Every Christian. No pastors. Every Christian. Ask your neighbor, are you a Christian? Or you change your mind. <laughs> Are you a Christian? Or if you resign, don't resign. It's, it's been deadly. Some of us have known this for a long time. That's why you see us doing things like we are mad. Moving up and down, doing, chasing you. I, I, someone may be here in church today. Someone chased you and literally dragged you to church. The person is not, because under normal circumstances, he shouldn't mind you. He shouldn't mind you. Why? Should he mind you? It doesn't affect you. Why? Why? Does he need you to eat? Is he offering? Have you seen your offering? Your offering is not even big. You give 50, you give 50 person. Tell me about chain, chain, chain. It's not because of offering. We are not dragging you because of offering. We are not dragging you because of... We are dragging because we care about your soul. And we want to present you on that day blameless and holy before him in love. Yes? That's what we want. That's why we are doing what we are doing. I had some people dodging. Hey, they can go under their beds. When they hear my footsteps, pop, 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 pop. They're under their beds. And they are, the roommate that does not come to church to say that they are not there. But I see their legs under the bed. <laughs> but they are, they are in church right now. Right now they are, they, are, they are in church. They are stable. They are pastors. They are wild pastors in the church. Pastors in the church. Hallelujah. Yeah. Only God can do it. They are now exposed to the higher life, to the higher thoughts. They don't think anyhow and behave anyhow. Yeah. The righteous, their works do follow them. 
their works. Your works in Christ are what will follow you, not your houses, not your cars. You will die and leave them all. None of those things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at this. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was, since there was a nation. Even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. You see the book is coming back again. It's talking about the book of life. Okay? Next verse. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Everybody shall awake. Death is not the end. Death is a transition into another world. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life. Some of them will awake to everlasting life. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. Who are those who will be raised to shame and everlasting contempt? Those who are not born again. But those who are born again will be raised to to everlasting life. But when you are raised to everlasting life, it's not the end. Next verse. Look at the next verse. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Those who turn many to righteousness. Do you understand that? Those who bring many into righteousness. Those who help people to identify who they are in Christ. Those who preach the gospel and teach people and raise them will shine. Eh? As the stars forever and ever. They shall be as the stars forever and I want to be like one of the stars. Shining forever and ever. I don't know about you. Ask me about do you, do you like such things? Yeah. Someone can walk through life without knowing, like, he, he's reduced to lower thoughts. Thoughts of men. Just, he thinks that every, this is just everything. This is just all. Oh, let's just eat and drink. Tomorrow we die. Brother, it's not, it doesn't work like that. There's more. There's more. Go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Verse 11:30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Then it says, and he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. So you must, you must become wise. Wow, by winning souls. Decide I'm going, to, I'm going to be the kind of person who brings people to church. Do you know how many people this man has brought to church? So many. Just, you don't need to be a leader. He's not a leader. He's been in the church for how many years have been in the church? Two, three years. He's been bringing people. His students will bring everybody. And then said, There are so many people in the church who came from his school. Bring everybody. I've preached in his school before. He called me, Come and preach. We'll go and preach there. Yeah. yeah. He, he even gave his classroom for us. This church started from his classroom. Yeah. Our church in Ho is moving to his classroom in Ho. Yeah. Now you've rented a place for us. You are going to be there. Do you think you'll not be rewarded for what he's doing? It's like nothing is happening. We are just moving the system. Some things are happening. Some things are happening. If we don't tell you about it, you think nothing is going on. You think that we are just receiving cars, receiving houses. Receive your BMW now. That was, that was last year, 2017. This year, receive your Cadillac. Hey, I receive it. We are receiving different types of cars. That's not, what we, that's not what the church is for. The church is for raising you. <laughs> your pastor said the, the, the church is not a car dealership. Distributing cars. Hallelujah. So today I want you to, you see, and there's, 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 there's great grace for it. Start, make, make yourself someone who brings people to the house of God. Be a soul winner. 
The guy may be born again. Some people say, oh, I go to Presby. He is lying. He doesn't go. Even if he goes, he doesn't hear anything. Because you look at his life, his life is opposite to being a, a Christian. His life is against Antichrist. Is it true? Were you not in a certain church before you came? I was in Presby. Were you a bad boy when you were in Presby? Boy. <laughs> bad boy, bad boy, foolish boy. I nearly asked how many ladies you slept with, but I don't ask. I mean, bad boy. I mean, yes, yes. How many scriptures could you remember when you were in that? How many scriptures? I didn't even know how to spell romance. <laughs> <laughs> you will spell romance, but you can't spell romance. So there are people around those who say, oh, I'm going to church. I go to, I'm a Catholic. You are what? I'm a Catholic. You don't, you are not following. Listen, they are genuine Catholics. I, I, I know Roman Catholics who are correct. They are children of God. They believe in Jesus Christ our Lord and personal Savior. They fear God. But there are some. Oh, 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 oh. What are, uh, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They are, <laughs> they are just in the church. Just because the church closes early. From 7 to 8, it's close. Everybody goes home. It's finished. That's all. They are not following what's going on. They can't hear what is happening. But, but bring them to church. You know your roommates. You know your friends. You know your brothers. You know your sisters. You know. Don't you know? Don't you know? They will die, go to, go to heaven. They will be in heaven because they are born again. But they will be in heaven and they will not get any reward. They will be naked. Listen, there's nakedness in heaven now. Where is it? Revelation chapter 19, right? Find it for me. Revelation chapter 19, I think. Yeah, because you can be ashamed in heaven. You can be ashamed in heaven. You can be naked in heaven. Oh, yes. Gnashing of teeth. You know, look, look at the one. Revelation what? Revelation 3, 18. Go there. I counsel thee to buy me to buy of me gold tried in a fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyes out that thy, thou mayest see this is powerful but I have to do a lot of explanation for this one okay this is what you are saying is what is here but too many explanations so let's go to 16 verse what verse 15 uh-huh. that one is right on the head it's very behold I come as a thief Kabayaba. How, how, what is he talking about? I don't know. He was coming. Par accident, he's dead. Thief. He was not prepared in, a, in his mind. In a sense of like, there was no, nothing like that. You never know when you also come. You just sleep, you will not come back again. Do you know what happens to you when you are asleep? So you are like a dead body. You are just there. We don't know. They can. Someone slept. They took him from his room, put him in another place, and he didn't know what was going on. When he woke up, he was sleeping somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe in your sleep you just be gone. What are you going to say when you go? When you go and when you go and what are you going to say? I was about to win souls. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Blessed, it says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked. 
and they see his what? His shame. His garments. Eh? Keepeth his garments. Let him walk naked and they see his shame. Is it English? Let's read this English. The garments mean something. Okay, what does it say? The Lord says, Listen, I'll come secretly, like someone who robs. Everyone who goes on watching for me will be happy. You must keep your clothes with you all the time. Then you will not have to walk about without clothes, so you will not be ashamed in front of other people. Now, okay, let me explain clothes. Can I explain the cloth? There are different clothes that we wear as children of God. The day you become born again, you are given a cloth. It's called the robe of righteousness, the garment of righteousness. It's given to you as a gift by God. Okay? As soon as that is given to you, another, they give you needle. They give you needle with rope to start sewing your wedding garment. Okay? Go to Revelation chapter 19. Let's read verse 7. He says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Now, who is the wife of the Lord? The wife of the Lord is a church. Okay? He says, let us rejoice. For the marriage of the Lamb, all that we are doing is to marry the Lord. You remember Paul said that I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin. On that day, we'll be presenting for, to be married to the Lord. You want to marry, isn't it? The Lord also wants to marry. Who wants to marry a woman without it? Nobody wants to. Same thing. God does. Jesus doesn't want to marry a church that does not have teeth with spots, with wrinkles. He wants everybody perfect. Correct. Hallelujah. Fresh. 21 year old. Or 22 year old. Fresh. You know, we marry, we marry little. You know, we marry late. 21, 22, you are ready for marriage. In America, you marry 19, you are married. 80, so you don't fornicate. Fine. Hallelujah. But here, they will wait when you are 35. You are tired. So. Let me explain it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are to be married. So God gives us our garments that we must sew. You must sew your own wedding dress. In, the, you see, in, the, in, in Jewish custom, there, there are two things that happen when someone is going to be given out in marriage. Okay? Uh, there's the kidashim and then the dashim and some other things. The first one has to do with you giving a pledge of marriage. You pledge that I'll marry. We are coming to marry this person. No, you're a guy. We are coming to marry this person. Okay? That's the first one. But the day of the marriage, the day when the bride will be taken is not known. Only the groom's father knows the day that the bride will be taken. If you like, go and check. Jewish custom. That's what they do. That's how their marriage is. The, the bride does not even know when she'll be taken. But she's given an opportunity to start sewing her own wedding dress. When the red, wedding dress is coming to an end, she has it in her mind that very soon they'll be coming for her. Every Jewish bride is stolen, is taken away. Every Jewish bride is stolen. The groomsmen come to come and steal the bride. That's what they do. They steal her for their, for their groom. That's what happens. <laughs> Same thing with the church. The church will be caught away. It's called, that's called rapture. That's what we call rapture. The church will be caught away on a certain day. Will be taken away. Stolen from the world. Now, the day the garments are ready, 
It may be the day or before or whatever. But she doesn't know. The guy, the groom doesn't know. It is the groom's father who knows. That's why Jesus said that. The day and the hour, no man knows. Not even the angels. I don't even know. But my father, which is heaven, he's the only one who knows. Do you remember? Because his father, he's coming to marry the church. His father is the only one who knows when the marriage will come. The day the marriage will take place. But the woman is given her garment to start sewing. So in this place, he says that, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine lining, clean and white. For the fine lining is a righteousness of the saints. The fine lining that she was given, the fine lining is the wedding garment. Is a righteous, the word, the word righteousness is actually righteousnesses. This is different from the first one, which is the, the, the gown of righteousness. It's different. This one is the righteous acts or the works of the saints. So, Whatever you do is sewn into your garment as gold, silver, precious stones, whatever. Do you understand? So if you don't have that garment on the day that Christ comes, you are naked. So there was a day uh, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 22, I believe. The Lord had a, a big feast and called for people to come for the feast. But the people who were invited they didn't come. So he went, he told them to go and bring, I think it's Luke, Luke, Luke or Matthew, one of them. When they called for everybody, they didn't come. Then he sent his, his, his people, his servants, to go and go and bring people from the hedges. Bring people who were crippled. Everybody should come for the, for the feast. When they came in for the feast and the feast was ready, and the Lord walked in, when he walked, the Bible says that he saw a man who did not have the right cloth. He did not have the right cloth for the, for the feast. So he told his servants to bind him hand and foot and cast him into, the, into outer darkness. Matthew 22, what? Go to that place. Let me show it to you. Hallelujah. Okay, go up. Go up to verse 9. Go in therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bring to the marriage. Did the people whom they went to bring to the wedding, did they say they wanted to be in the wedding? Did they say they wanted to be in the wedding? He told the servants to go and go and carry them. So those servants went down to the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. The church is full of bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. Continue. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw the man who had not an on a wedding garment. Ah, but I was sitting my son when you came to come here. How come you are not coming to ask me a wedding garment? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the wedding garment is given to you the day they invite you. When they invite you, they give you wedding garment. But when they came, this guy's wedding garment was not on. And he was speechless. Next verse. 13. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him to outer darkness and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness is also another story altogether. There's a place in heaven called outer darkness. There's a place in hell called outer darkness as well. The one in hell, is, there's not gnashing of teeth. It's weeping and wailing. But in, this, in the one in heaven, there's gnashing of teeth. You, you regret the opportunities that you had to change someone's life that you didn't use. Am I scaring you? I'm telling you the truth. I have to tell you the truth. I have to give you all the, the whole counsel of God. So there's a wedding garment. And if the wedding garment is not on, and you are in the wedding, you'll be found naked. And you will not be allowed to be in the, in the wedding. He says, the, the bride has made herself ready. To her was given. Hmm? Go back to that place. Revelation chapter 19. Verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousnesses of the saints. Or the righteous acts of the saints. Next verse. Verse 9. And he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage, supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Because not everybody gets there. 
but God has designed for you to get there. So, you are part of my garment. 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 Everybody. You too, if you are responsible for somebody, bringing somebody to the house of God and raising the person. Sometimes when I come to church, I see people following you like that. They are all your, they are all your, you are presenting all of them. On that day, you know, you not, you not regret. You not be gnashing your teeth. I should have done this. I should have done this. Pastor T was always saying it. I didn't mind him. I see you minding me in Jesus' name. I see your sheep following you when you are coming. What do you think? Yeah. There's grace for you. There's grace for you. It's a year working for the Lord, isn't it? And I see you working for the Lord. Zechariah chapter 8. That's you from verse 20. Zechariah chapter 8 from verse 20. You see, you've been chosen by God for this job. You've been, you've been chosen by God. Before I read it, I want to show you something. You've been chosen by God to do this. God has designed and designated you to be the one to change lives. In John chapter 15 verse 16, it says that you have not chosen me. We didn't have enough wisdom to choose him. But it says, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you, anointed you, that you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. So that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will do it for you. That's what Jesus said. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So God has chosen you. Tell me about God has chosen you. To raise others. And present them. On that day. So that you will not walk naked. On that day. Hallelujah. So that you get good answers to give to the master when he asks you, what did you do with yourself? Oh Lord, this is what I did. This is what I did. This is what I did. He's chosen us. And anointed us for this. So I want you to be, to be encouraged rather than become sad. Become encouraged and decide for yourself that from today I'll start engaging myself in my ministry. In what God has called me to do. In the reason why I'm existing. This is the reason why I'm existing. Not because of marriage. Or because of all those things are they are things that are to help us do what God has called us to do. Okay? Your kids are there to help you do what God has called you to do. And you also help them do what God has called them to do. We marry so that we help our spouses to be, do what God has helped them to do, called them to do. So who are you raising? We must raise somebody. You must be responsible for somebody. Next you want to come and come with somebody to church. Start, you see, plan. It's not, it's not a matter of the, the church becoming failed. It's a matter of you doing what God has called you to do. Yeah. I know a certain church that has more than 400,000 people in it. Yeah. In, in, their, in their self, they have 400,000, but they are still winning souls. Yeah. Is 400,000 not enough? 400,000 problems. 400, <laughs> yes, actually every church member has problems, isn't it? Ask your neighbor, do you have a problem? You, have, you realize you have one or two problems. The things that are, have not been solved yet, isn't it? So why should we be interested in bringing more people to the house of God when one is a problem? Sometimes I'll be there, I'll get a call from... Some, I don't, well, yesterday I was there, yesterday we were praying. Yes, message came. Pastor, my ship has been arrested. I'm going to the police station right now. What should I do? From another corner of the city where we have a church, and the pastor there sent me a message. What should I do? Problems. Because everyone is a problem. You know, the, the sheep has been, he's been defiling a 15-year-old. He has slept with a 15-year-old. So the, the girl's parents have warned him, uh, he's not minding. And he has impregnated the girl, so they have arrested him and put him in jail. Last night, he was in jail, and his pastor was moving around, 
going to try and rescue him. I mean, why should the pastor be doing that? If, she, if, if it wasn't because of the things that she knows. Why, you see, the, I asked, why his parents? Why? The, the, because the pastor said that, oh, his grandmother is the one moving around. I said, ah, how can, why, why his parents? He says his parents has, have passed on. The next thing I said was, foolish boy. That was the next thing I said, foolish boy. Because your parents have died. You shouldn't be letting your grandmother, old woman, be doing moving around because of your problem. Are you getting it? His grandmother and his pastor are the ones moving. Trying to help him. Why? Why is the pastor doing that? Because sheep. She must raise him. Present him. Even though he's a foolish boy. She must present him. Correct. On that day. Because good and bad come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you like my message or you don't like my message? Uh-huh. Problems. But why? Why do you want more? Why do you want more? Because everybody is going to present. Listen. Add 60 years, 70 years to our lives. Most of us will not be here. Most of us will not be here. In the next hundred years, not even a single one of us will be here. So they are are exams, sure exams. And we must prepare to answer those exams. We must get the solutions and go and give it to to him. And have peace of mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I've been chosen. chosen. Ordained of God. For this purpose. purpose. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 20 says, That says a lot of hosts, it shall yet come to pass. Say, it shall yet come to pass. That there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities. People shall come and the inhabitants of many cities shall come. Continue. And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another saying, let us go speedily to, to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. People will just be ascribing, I will go also. That's what will be happening to you during the week. People will be ascribing and say, I want to go to the place where you are. Because they'll check, they'll realize, hey, you, you weren't concerned about some of these things at all. How come you are inviting me to church? You are talking. That's what they are going to be saying. You. Shut up, boy, like you. Foolish girl, like you. But today you are inviting me to church. There's something happening. I'll follow you to your God. Next verse. Yeah, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. This is a prophetic word for us today. That says a lot of words. In those days shall come to pass that ten men, ten men shall take, oh hallelujah, they shall take hold out of all the language of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew. You. It's okay, are you? We are, we are the Jews of, of, of the heavens. We are the heavenly Jerusalem, isn't it? Saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to do what God wants you to do? To fulfill the ministry that God has called you to fulfill. Yeah. This is what God is saying. That many shall take a hold of you and say that let us go. We will go with you for we have heard that God is with you. This week they will say that God is with you. And they shall come into the house of God with you. I see this place failed. Because you'll be coming with people. Now you are conscious of what your ministry, your real ministry is. Next week I'll talk about the ministry of reconciliation. I'll talk about the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we have been called to do. And I'll show you how to do it. Okay, start off by inviting someone. Tell us, come, come to church. Come to church. Just come, follow me. Let's go. This Sunday we are going together. If they hear these things, their lives will change. Because they are not thinking the way they are supposed to think. Is it true? You know, the world has clamored their minds and blinded them. That's what the devil does. He blinds you from seeing the reality. It's in First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, isn't it? Go to First Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. Second Corinthians, rather, chapter 4. Verse 3 into 4. 
But if our gospel be hid, if our gospel is hidden, let's read another verse, another uh, version. But even if our gospel, the glad tidings also be hidden, obscured, then covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, it is hidden only to those who are perishing and obscured, only to those who are spiritually dying and veiled, only to those who are lost. Verse 4, for the God of this world, say the God of this world. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. He's veiled their minds. That's why they cannot see. But as they hear the word of God, their minds are opened. Just like the way your mind is opening now. You realize that, hey, I've not been, I've not been living the way I'm supposed to live. I've just been concerned about myself. You don't know you have to present somebody. Now you know. And there's grace. Say there's grace. There's grace. Lift up your hands right now. Just stand up on your feet and just receive grace to do what God has called you to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.